Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. I'm Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated and joined by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. It's Monday, February 6th, and we have plenty to talk about with regard to Tommy Reese. Notre Dame's offensive coordinator for the last three years has apparently accepted a job at Alabama to coach with Nick Saban. A, a great opportunity for him to move forward in his career and thus Notre Dame is in an offensive coordinator search. Irish Illustrated put out a list of 12 names on Sunday. Pete Sampson and the Athletic put out a list of eight names on, was that Friday or Saturday, Pete? I'm not sure. Uh, when did Reese leave? <laughs> I can't uh, yeah. remember. I mean, it was probably, probably Friday or Saturday, and I know yeah. other outlets have as well. And, you know, before we go any further, I, I just I want to say that nobody – one, there's no perfect candidate. I want to state that that first and foremost. And two, there's no perfect list because it is going to change uh, as we move forward on this. Pete, you admitted that you know some of the guys you had on, you would have changed 48 hours later. I'm not sure that we would change anybody at this point, but we had other guys that were. You have another 24 hours to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I you know there were other other others in consideration, but. You know, as I am apt to do, the list was long and it was already 12. So, I mean, it's kind of silly to put Charlie Weiss Jr. on there, although I think he's in the process of becoming a very good offensive coordinator. And I was intrigued by by the name you threw out there, Slade Nagel from Tulane. I think he's got a promising future as well. But, uh, I, you know, before we get into that, let's let's talk about Tommy Reese going to Alabama. And I'm going to shut up for a bit and you guys talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody put on the board, you know, where do you rate this for bombshells? It's, it's doesn't have anything to do with a bombshell. I mean, if somebody told me Tommy Reese might leave, I go, oh, yeah, is it going to go to Alabama? That would have been my response. If someone said Tommy Reese is leaving, because I think a bombshell would have been something different. Uh, anything but the NFL in Alabama. We know there's been interest in Tommy Reese. It doesn't matter how everybody feels about everything. Tommy Reese does. We know there's been interest in Reese. They like, uh, I like how Tommy Reese's offense looks on film. And I think it's funny that, uh, and I'm not, ripping on anybody i think it's funny that his pre-snap acumen is probably <laughs> proven more impressive than the result post-snap <laughs> it's not what you want as an offensive coordinator but it does it was does it get logan you looked at by people yeah. logan things. diggs who was it that tweeted something out about his uh pre-snap motion yeah yeah and mickey too um but i, oh, I don't even mean that i just mean the way the way we know he manipulates defenses and how much respect people with offensive minds have for Tommy Reese, but then list all his numbers and he's so show all show an Alabama fan where Notre Dame's teams rank on yards per play, points per game, and total yardage. And that's why they don't know who Tommy Reese is. It's almost like there are things that are more important than stats sometimes uh, when evaluating an assistant coach. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, Reese, whether it was Georgia or Alabama, my understanding, those were two staffs he was interested in as the OC. Um, and I wonder, that seems odd to me that you would want those. Yeah, two. right. That you'd pick out those two um, that you would want to either work for Nick Saban or work for Nick Saban 2.0, um, you know, as a, as a way to further develop as a career professional development was a very important part of the way Reese looked at this job. Um, you know, and I'll do respect to Marcus Freeman, but, you know, Nick Saban is arguably the greatest college coach of all time. Um, so that. I don't want to say it's a no-brainer to leave, but it's close to one. Um, I know that you know your your heart's at Notre Dame, and that may be true, but 
you're at some point you got to make a decision with your head. Um, and this it's a very logical place. Next step in his career. Um, I was racking my brain the last time I covered a fourth year Notre Dame offensive coordinator. And I yeah. could only find one in the last 22 years when I've been on the beat. And that was Mike Haywood in 2008. So three years is a long time. And he OC got fired anywhere. that year. Yep. Well, he got, he got air quotes fired and then was the head coach at Miami of Ohio. Right. So um, that was, there, there was a going to be a change anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, I good for Reese. Um, I, Certainly there's a section of the fan base that's there's like it's there's this weird dynamic of like, oh, this is a great day for Notre Dame. They finally get out of this offense. But also Nick Saban wanted it. So I'm gonna go with Nick Saban on terms of uh the evaluation of what's best. To follow up what Tim said about not not a you know surprise, we we it hasn't been widely reported, but we have said it. It's been in print and it's been in our in our podcast. So when when Brian Kelly, after the Camping World Bowl, the win over Iowa State, when Brian Kelly was deciding whether Reese would be the, the full-time coordinator, I mean, I have this on uh, an extremely good source. He was due to go see Nick Saban in Alabama, and and that was that. He was named the offensive coordinator at, at Notre Dame. So we've known for a long time. Now, I don't think that that was for the coordinator job. No. Is he went, right. because he had he had only coordinated the uh, the camping world bowl, but probably the quarterback position, and and uh, so we knew that Nick Saban had a respect and appreciation for what he for what he did, and so no, it is not a, a complete surprise, especially when you saw that uh, a couple of the candidates to replace Bill O'Brien uh, had, had, had fallen off. So, and, and um, be, I mean, don't you think, I think if somebody said, Hey, Tim, Tommy Reese left Notre Dame and you're like, where? And Oh, he took a vacant Mac head coaching job that just came up. You'd be like, no Whoa, would that would be the bombshell. No. That this, this is, this is career no. development. As Pete said, with a step towards his career, which is the NFL. Yeah. And that Tommy was Reese the only, the only other, I mean, Alabama, Georgia, and the NFL. I mean, I don't, right. I, I, I don't think that there really would have legitimately been anybody else. And I, and and frankly, I mean, I just from the outside looking in, I I I, I think it's a, you know, I Pete, I don't know what you've heard, but I'm not sure that all of uh, Team Reese and all of his advisors said, okay, yeah, go ahead and go to Alabama. I, I, I so I um. think. It, I, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it was like automatic because it's. I mean, I I think that he was of two minds there, but um, I mean, when I when I saw him at the airport, uh, when before he was about to take off for Tuscaloosa, I mean, I just asked him, uh, and I was like, you know, is this, you know, kind of the the last step or the first step? And he's like, you got to go down there and figure out whether this is a, a good place to be or not. Um, you know, you can't say yes from a distance, but I. I I think just in terms of like making a decision with professional development being number the first priority, it's a no brainer, but there are other things in play than professional. I I doubt, I doubt very much whether all of his questions were answered in his brief visit to Tuscaloosa. They can't be, but no, I mean, I give the guy, I give him a lot of credit for saying, you know what? I'm going for it. Uh, The opportunity is there and I'm going for it. Uh, That was one thing I heard from, from people who know him, like in the industry, it was like, He's been has an eye on this level of job for a minute, and but I still give him credit for making the jump. 
Yeah, and Pete, I want to go back to something you said that, uh, like, you side with Saban on his decision of looking at what Tommy Reese brings to an offense more than the random person. I completely Do you have agree a counterpoint on this one. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. However, my counterpoint is he's also not the only one capable of it. Like, this is not, oh, my gosh, where does an offense possibly go from now? It's you move on to another coordinator with really good ideas like Tommy mm-hmm. Reese's really good ideas, and they can be different good ideas. And I'm pretty sure knowing Marcus Freeman that recruiting acumen will be involved in this decision because I want to point this out as fast as possible. Sorry for over talking here. If you bring in a really good coordinator for two years and you have a top tier offense and you make two major bowls or one playoff game and one camp or two win a playoff game and grow the camping world bowl, you've done two successful things other than winning a national title. If he doesn't recruit guys in, your next coordinator coming up in one or two years, because this guy's going to leave. You don't bring, as Pete said, they don't stay four. And if he's good, he's going somewhere else to the NFL or something like that. Talent procurement is huge <laughs> in this situation. The reason this job looks so good is because the running backs are good and they have Joe Alton, Blake Fisher, and they brought in a transfer quarterback that's outstanding. And they have CJ Carr coming in and all that. It, I know that there will be recruiting acumen involved in this. It's just more important than ever in a transient college coaching fraternity to bring in talent for the next guy. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And I do want to point out a couple of things before we move on to uh, the the uh, potential offensive coordinators in Notre Dame. One, Pete, you mentioned stats. We are in a business where in order for me and Tom Lloyd to present a list of 12 guys, what else do we have to go on? I mean, yeah. mainly right. statistics and rankings. And so if for you sure. look at our list, uh, you, you will see all of that. But The point I'm trying to make is that is not a complete picture and and everybody wants to just look at stats and rankings, but it's, it's unfair. For example, Jared Parker, who is on the Nordame staff, we don't expect him to get the job. And I I know that there was some, I think he lost control of play calling in his second season, or I'm not exactly sure how that all broke down. But like, if you look at Jared Parker and you say, okay, where did they rank in 2020? Well, they were 85th in this and 75th in that. Oh, he sucks. He's just average. Well, what did he take over? He took over in an abysmal offense that improved by 95 yards per game, 1.1 yards per rush, um, a 14% increase in red zone touchdown percentage. So now I hear I'm throwing more stats out, but, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I I know this I know this high school coach who went to a state championship game and the next year he went to eight and eighteen. Did he did he get really stupid in the in the next year? I, I don't think that that's the case. Sometimes it's a little bit beyond your control, no matter how good or bad of a coach you are. That's the only point I wanted to make there. Secondly, Tim O'Malley, you predicted over on one point five assistant coaching changes, correct? You're All the half, math, you're not halfway the there. <laughs> halfway there. Follow the math. Follow the math, uh, not the people. Do as yeah. do as they do, not as they say. This is coaching and everything. And, that, and that's for another topic because there has been some speculation about El Golden Pete. I think you made the comment that you think he's staying. Irish Illustrated stance on that is that that is not resolved. No, no, I wouldn't. I, I would say if the if there's a defensive coordinator position opening with the Cincinnati Bengals, which could happen because they're yeah. up for the Arizona head coach. Uh, what my point is today, he's staying. His intention is to stay. Um, so I thought that 
just sort of the idea of like, oh, he's, I don't think he's looking around. Um, but if jobs open that he's interested in, there you go. Um, it, but the ba- the it, Bengal the Bengals DC is definitely something to keep an eye does on. Does it necessarily have to be a coordinator's job in the NFL? That's not, my understanding. I, we may not, get conflicting info on that, but that yeah, I'm not positive about that. I'm not positive about that. Um, you know, my thought on that: um, the Notre Dame defensive players and the linebackers have had four have had three coordinators and three position coaches in the last three years and a fourth coordinator and a fourth position coach for the linebackers in the unit is not something I think anybody wants. Not that you can stop Al Golden from becoming the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Right. Although that would have been funny three years ago. You'd be like, why would you want to be the coordinator of the Bengals? That's a terrible idea. But now it's a good idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, that would be a loss for me. Um, I know there's people go back and forth on Golden and without saying anything else about him. Four coordinators, four linebacker coaches for these defensive players and these linebackers is not a great way to go through your four-year career with any continuity in defense. No, Here's what I'd say, uh, just on Golden real quick. When this, the University of Cincinnati job opened up, they really wanted to talk to him about it. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good at Notre Dame. So it's it, it, that's, that's where I say like he's not looking to leave mm-hmm. because of Notre Dame. But if there was a DC job in the NFL that interested him, Cincinnati in particular, then then yeah, you got to be hyper aware of that if you're Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. I was not aware of that opportunity in Cincinnati, and I find that to be pretty interesting, especially since they're yeah. moving to the, the Big Twelve. That's a pretty attractive job. Okay, real quick, and I have my eye on the clock here, Jack, for segment one because I know we'll talk about these guys in segment two. But I do want to read, uh, Pete. You want me to read your list of? Uh, <laughs> candidates can i just read it and edit out the ones that i wish that i didn't put on there um <laughs> yes so yeah, though okay so paul christ i would josh gaddis joe moorhead slade nagel jared parker warren rogerio brandon streeter but that is only if jared parker got the job and you're looking for a quarterbacks coach only which i think people kind of saw the name and skipped reading it uh, and then Charlie Weiss Jr., who I would not have included after kind of talking to some sources on Friday and was told that like play calling experience is a high, high priority for this. Right. right. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, again, lists are like we have, we, we have a new Ohio State offensive coordinator Brian Hartline on the list because we know that. He's close with Marcus Freeman and Marcus Freeman almost undoubtedly had a conversation with him when the position opened up, but he's not a quarterback's coach. He's not an experienced uh, play caller OC. He hasn't been an OC. So, um, you know, so like when you make out a list, I think people look at it from a couple different perspectives. I know there's a list out there of, of who I think should Notre Dame should consider for the coordinator's job, which I would never put a list out there because I think that's, you know, I I don't know why my list would matter, uh, especially since I haven't vetted these guys. I haven't studied their offenses. I don't know. A lot of people are asking us, who would you like? Um, You know, I'm intrigued by, I think, Joe Moorhead's an, an accomplished offensive coordinator. I appreciate the body of work over time that Andy Ludwig from Utah has put out there. Um, I'm intrigued by 
Jason Candle very much, the success that he's had at Toledo. I'm very much intrigued by um, Brian Johnson, uh, who's going to be in a Super Bowl this weekend with the Eagles. And I am very much intrigued by uh, Sean Lewis. Yes. Who did a great job at Kent State and is now the OC at Colorado. Uh, but that's always changeable in the transient, to use that yes. word again here in the podcast, in the transient world of college football coaching. Um, so, I mean, I, I just want to, this is not the definitive list. And in five days from now, when a couple of the names seem silly, it's because I'm not sure that'll necessarily be the case of our list, but, um, that's just how it works. That's, that's it's really it not works. the definitive list because you don't have Gruden, Urban Meyer or Don Shula on there. So well, we tried, we tried, we tried, Kingsbury. To, we tried to, uh, yeah. We try to come up with a list that we thought was realistic as opposed to throwing out names like like Ron Paulus or or, or people that um you know just don't have a chance to be the offensive coordinator in Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm uh so one no of the things Ron, no offense to Ron Paulus, right. but I mean, let's let's be real here. When we when Matt and I, Fortuna and I put the list together, that was like Wednesday night or Thursday morning, like it was obviously in advance of what was going down but by friday evening i had talked to enough sources that were like one play calling experience was high high priority but also i was told that there was there's been a lot of nfl interest in that in the job which like i don't really i didn't really have a good handle on who that would be uh, i think the guys on your list tim probably are some of the guys that that would be but um that uh that's just something to keep in mind. And it's like Marcus Freeman figures out, okay, which can you, can I check all the boxes with this hire? And if I can't, what's the most important? And we'll talk about that in segment two, for sure. I think it's impossible to check all the boxes, but uh, NFL interests uh, or guys connected to the NFL, Byron Leftwich, uh, Greg Roman and Brian Johnson. I don't know if I'm missing anybody, but uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that in segment two coming up, burning up the boards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Mike Brown, former Notre Dame Leprechaun, here to share the Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame, an officially licensed children's book that celebrates the magic of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow me on an adventure from Step Off Under the Golden Dome to ND Stadium with this perfect gift for fighting Irish fans. Visit www.lepgameday.com and enter Irish to get your author signed copy today. Go Irish! We are back with segment two, burning up the boards. The first question from MMB4 with a new OC. Will the other offensive position coaches change or remain in place? They all seem very strong and great recruiters. I, who I don't know that. I mean, is, is Harry Heastan a great recruiter? Is that what he's talking about? Or is he talking about the candidates? I, he's talking about the current coaches, but I think Harry Heastan's considered so very strong that not being a great sure. recruiter okay. might be overlooked. There. Fair enough. Um, 
I, I mean, I doubt that it's going to be somebody other than a quarterback coach among the people on the list that we had that does that is not a quarterback coach would be Dan Brock. Uh, but again, we don't expect Dan Brock to come back for a third term. Parker, we don't expect him to get to Heartline. We don't expect him. So I wouldn't anticipate that. I may have, I may have jumped the gun a little bit about staffing i'm just going to leave it at that as as far as you know potential changes o'malley's on top of all that but um i think they all i i think it's going to be a quarterback coach at almost 100 percent. i mean you might be asking also uh i've had a few people just not people send me messages is reese taking someone with him he's not a head coach he's not take he's not telling nick saban we need to hire this running backs <laughs> coach <laughs> he he can say i would like this graduate assistant or which apparently the staff he is, to come along uh, you know that, johnny all johnny allward uh right. is, is a grad assistant that uh tom loy reported is going to alabama with him still has to be vetted by somebody else besides tommy reese to go to alabama and join that coaching staff so it's, it's not really up to reese to bring those guys no, no. No, I, I mean, it's like the with the other coaches in place, I guess is, you know, I think, look, think back to last offseason, it certainly seemed like there was a time when Mike Elston was definitely coming back and Lance Taylor was definitely coming back. All um, of them. Nobody yeah, wanted to leave, all, remember? Other than Quinn and Alexander, we thought like the rest of the entire staff might be returning. We didn't think McNulty uh, would get a coordinator's job. Right. Oh, we talked to yeah. him. <laughs> so that's, yeah. you have to allow for that. I don't, I don't like, you know, could... Elon McCullough get a job in the NFL again. I, I don't Clemson know. Called Stucky. Right. Yeah. All that is possible. So I think that's, that's where O'Malley's uh 1.5 over under. Um, yeah. I'm all in. A bit I'm now. all in on O'Malley's uh, uh, math here moving forward. <laughs> well, they lost Laurinaitis, which is like losing a, a defensive. Oh no, God. We, we, we barely have been able to process this when Reese left. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, we think it looks like they're all going to remain in place, but we're not sure. Question from Hayden Adams Z. I recognize it's highly unlikely Freeman goes this route, but thoughts on Chip Long as potential offensive coordinator candidates familiar with Notre Dame, great recruiter, seemed to get along with he stand and not a bad play caller. Uh, if, if there was an opening at tight ends coach, I would consider it, um, as offensive coordinator, I definitely would not. I just can't see it happening other than Chip Long has coached there before and had success with his offenses, but it's, yeah. as I yeah. said before, I like Tommy Reese as a coordinator. There's other coordinators where people are going to like, and by the way, I want to throw this out there. To most of you listening, you are going to hate the next coordinator too. No, uh, next season. I think you're going to love the next coordinator. And then you're going to hate him. Sam Hartman is here. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to hate him though. Yeah. Because, because his offense will be bland. I saw that again. Yeah. I, Tommy Reese's offense is bland. I, that is just false. It's false. You can say a lot of other things, but his offense is not bland. It's not. I do you agree with me on oh, that? Oh yes, I agree with you. That's oh, what, yeah. the, the, the that's bland the one thing I part is ridiculous. <laughs> you could you could say it's not effective enough, and no one can argue with you. That's yeah. fine. You know. Yeah, I mean, and a couple of people have pointed this out, Chip Long, uh, not a match with Marcus Freeman and his approach. I would agree with that. I mean, I I think there'd be, I think it'd be more likely that, well, Brian Kelly couldn't bring him back because he fired him because of it, uh, you know, the first time around. It's, it's just, that's, that's not going to happen. 
He's He'd be a match the- with Marcus Freeman as a recruiter. Yes, he's a good recruiter. Somebody said he's not a good recruiter. He's on crazy. That's not he's true. A, he's a very good mm, recruiter. Yeah. Very he good. Get after him and he did get Freeman. along very well with Harry Houston. And he wasn't a bad play caller. I don't, of course not. He was a good play caller, but so was the new offensive coordinator at Alabama. They're all bad play callers eventually, Tim. All of them. They're all eventually again, going to disappoint you. Again, Tommy Reese's greatest fall at Notre Dame tied in with Brian Kelly was he didn't have enough skill position to work with. Right. That was the, that was the main problem. His offense, his play calling is not bland. We have a double question here. First from Sean OD64. Do you have a sense of what qualities Coach Freeman will be looking for when it comes to a new offensive coordinator? Would he favor a dogged recruiter over a guy with NFL play calling experience, for example? What other factors do you think he's weighing the most and play like a champ seven? Similarly, rank the following in order as what you think should be most important to Marcus Freeman. One, ability to recruit. Two, play calling experience. Three, culture fit. Let me start with the second question. And the the, the third criteria listed there is culture fit. That's not a... Uh... That's not something that you rank that that's baked into the job at Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman. So that's the only thing I would take fault with. And and I, and I don't. You're saying it's an eliminator basically, if there's no culture fit there. So you just got to kind of go. Okay. Yes. That that, that's what I'm saying. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's just very difficult to rank things because they all blend together and it's like, you know, ability to recreate. If you're the offensive coordinator and play caller, I think it's good. that has to take that if you're going to put percentage on it, that has to be the highest percentage. Certainly recruiting is important. Uh, Marcus Freeman has made that very, very clear. Um, you Tim, know, I have a question for you. Is recruiting yeah. not the inability to be a great recruiter? Is that a negator? Uh, mm, I don't think you have to be great. Yeah, I mean, you can't be bad. Okay, you cannot be bad. So that's a negator. Good is not. Good recruiter, right. great play caller. Great yeah, recruiter. I think so. Good recruiter, great play caller, or great recruiter, good play caller. It's got to be great play caller first. I, I mean, you have Marcus Freeman's your head coach. You just can't be a bad recruiter. I, you know, I and most. I guess guys, it matters if you think Trevor Lawrence can make up for your play call that type of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, but then you get into a situation where you think DJ Uyunglele can make up for your play uh, calling because he was also a five-star man. prospect, or Kate Klubnik, et cetera. But yeah, no, my, I mean, my understanding is play calling experience will be number one. Um, recruiting and culture fit can either be two and two A or however you want to do that. Um, I've also been told that like the ability to play like some tempo will be important. Not saying they're going to be a warp speed offense next year, but the ability to play with more speed than what they did last season is something under consideration. Relating well with players. And I don't think that that's always baked in to the, well, to it's the culture team. fit, you know? Well, that's true. No, that's true. You're right. It would but be, that, I, I think like, I think that they will, they will have a better culture fit at OC next year than Reese. Um, I do think I, that the, the do your effing job while everyone loves it on a message board, probably not the way Marcus Freeman would like uh, that to operate. I think that 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 specific moment, it was unfortunate that it was revealed the way it was. And so that in and of itself is not an eliminator. But what you said, culture fit and relating to players, 
I do think that that will be upgraded with the next offensive coordinator. Yeah. And I mean, let's be like, do we think that's the only time that happened? Like, I think that <laughs> happened regularly on Tuesdays, right. Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Yes. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I guess I'm only pushing back a little. That do your effing job is different than what I view Marcus Freeman at behind closed doors coaching his team too. I think Marcus Freeman coaches his team very hard behind closed doors. And I think it's one of the reasons we're not behind closed doors watching him coach his team as much as we used to be with Brian Kelly. I, and I don't, I'm not saying language that language isn't, you can't have a five minute conversation on Tommy Reese getting caught cussing on tape. You know, that's not, he said what everybody felt for crying out loud. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) From a coaching perspective, something dramatic and drastic was absolutely necessary at that point. Look, we make fun of a lot of people for saying, why not Angeli? And all three of us at the half were like, if this goes on for another half, it's Steve Angeli. So that's how bad that was. I just think Freeman, you know, I'm not saying cultural fit's not huge. I just think Freeman, I guess I'm trying to define what Freeman's looks for in cultural fit that wasn't there for Reese. And I don't think it's coaching hard and being, and cursing because Harry, he stands one of his coaches. No, but I just think it's a better line of communication and relating to the player on a regular basis. Does that, I can see that. I can see that. You agree with that Pete. Um, What was the last thing I was going to, Oh yeah. I I think it, to your point, uh, Tim coaching hard in practice. I think Marcus Freeman coaches harder in practice than Brian Kelly did in his last few years. Yeah. Yeah, not necessarily Kelly's first year where he still had the Cincinnati no, no, thing that going. Was, that no. was different. That was different. Yep. yep. And part of that was, you know, was brought on or forced upon him as as they made the transition yes. following the yes. 2016 season. Question from Honk for Hagen. Is it safe to assume Marcus Freeman, once the uh, offensive coordinator in place by the start of spring practice, will we start to hear news about interviews this week? Considering how quick Alabama got Reese, I assume we can move somewhat quickly once the list is made, I mean, they have to have an offensive coordinator in place before spring practice. So that's, yes, that part's done. Yep. Um, we don't still don't know a date on that. Um, I believe it? that look, keep an eye out for, I'll pull it up. I think it's March 22nd, a Wednesday. Um, that wow. So probably so later, all post, of it in four weeks, post spring, post Notre Dame spring break. Um, so spring practice will be a little bit different. So um, there is so again the timetable questions. It is February sixth. There, there it, it, the urgency of naming a coordinator right now is it has really, really been diminished. So before the start, I mean, it's like practice, look, it's absolutely. it's important, but I I would push back on the question of like how quickly. Alabama name there because they went through Ryan Grubb first. Right. And they went through somebody before I'm trying to who their first choice was, but it took time to get to Reese. So uh, I wouldn't say that like Alabama did it like they got, once they found their guy, it was quick, but there was some time was taken before they got to there. And I mean, I think that uh, last year I was looking back over like when I published like defensive coordinator lists like it was Elston left and then like four days later, and then there was another list two weeks after that. So it may, it may take longer than I think uh, 
fans may generally want it to. I believe that as we move forward in our professions, guys, that making lists of coaches is going to be at the forefront of our job many, 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 many times. I, you know, head coach coordinator goes without saying, but the same thing, the same thing happens with, I mean, we saw it with receivers coach last year. I mean, the same thing happened. So uh, that's really something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> this question is hard. I mean, I mean sure. it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Well, no, Tim, it's going to be harder for if we're doing it for position. Hard. Coach, it's going to be I, harder. No one had Dela McCall yeah. on the brain right before Dela McCall yeah. was on the brain. Well, so we, that that's tough. We head, hear coach, it so head coach is the hard. easiest one. Yeah. Head What's coach that? is clearly the easiest one to try to make a oh, list yeah, for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah. 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 All right. This is from East Coast Irish, and I I can't. I'm not. You guys might be able to understand it better than me because I can't remove. I fail to remove any of these factors except for one. East Coast Irish, removing every factor, including cultural fit, recruiting, potential, football IQ, quarterback development. Do you think Reese's results were good enough coordinating the offense? Because if that just means statistically, then Yeah, no. I mean, all of those, you can't set those aside. All of those impact the play calling and the yardage and the rankings. Yeah. The I, mean, I guess he says oh, the results good enough. The results weren't good enough because... Without doing the dumb, they rank this, 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 and this. They had a terrible offense in two of the four losses and a poor offense in the first one that might have been part, not was a part of the plan to have a poor offense, but they, they were a little hamstrung in that first game, the way the approach was to stay close to Ohio State. So he had a really bad offense in three of four losses. This is a weird question. Yeah. Because it, All it, those it things, makes me, it's like, other than that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln kind of question? You know what? Like, you could you say eliminated remove, way too much stuff. To remove get to cultural it. fit because that's from the outside, from people listening, and remove recruiting because you could say, okay, here's your players. Go find a way to win. Yeah, I mean, fair? I thought the off the offenses were fine um, to, to good. Uh, they, uh, they certainly had some good moments. Um, the last one they had great. some absolute awful moments too but again it's like nick saban would be like would say yes yes the offense was was quite good thank you um i'm hiring this guy <laughs> but he's yep. using football iq and potential for sure right yeah sorry he's not eliminating that stuff i i what was the what was the last significant play call that tommy reese made it was a good one. It was that uh, yeah. screen back to Mitch Evans. Yeah, where I'm standing on the sideline, and here comes Jaden Thomas, and he's wide open. I'm like, throw Jaden Thomas the ball. Yeah, which is what, which is I what think, Tommy Reese wanted everybody else to think, which is what the South Carolina defense thought. And he wants uh, a bottom uh, line. I get this question now. I now get the question. Okay, he should yeah, have I, said he should have not used any of those words though. He should have said, forget everything about Reese that you like or have forgotten or, or don't like. Were his results good enough at Notre Dame? If okay. he's asking that question, East Coast, East Coast Irish, that's 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 fair. Were they good enough? Uh, you know, Pete, you just said they were they were good to fine, good to fine, um, and most would say that's not good enough at Notre Dame, and 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 I agree. I, I, I mean, I I said it a billion times. I think he would have been. I think he would have the stats would have been better and he would have been a more effective play caller. It wasn't the plays that he called. He didn't have enough. Did they have enough skill position this year, a wide receiver? 
Nope. I mean, they did and they haven't. Uh, you know, think think thankfully Kevin Austin was eligible and healthy enough to play the year before. Because yeah. where would they have been then? No, I mean they look, they botched a lot of recruiting stuff along the way. That happens a lot of places, but Notre Dame that it was probably felt a little bit more acutely. But again, I get back to Nick Saban thought it was good enough. So whether I thought it was good enough or East Coast Irish underscore thought it was good enough, we're just sort of we're all amateurs here. Yeah, East Coast Irish ask uh, questions again. And Tim, thanks for deciphering for me. I'm not very smart sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I get once I reread it a few times, I get he was saying, bottom line me this. was he Yeah, yeah, I get that. All right, question from Blue Chip, man. Your prognosis on how well Tommy Reese does at Alabama with all the advantages that program offers on a scale of one to 10, where will he peak at Alabama the next couple of years? And I just wanted to, I did change this question a little bit, Blue Chip, man mainly because of the previous question. So um, how do you think you guys, how do you think, uh, how do you think he'll do at Alabama? I think peak will be year two when the quarterback is more developed since they have a quarterback competition going on now. Um, and I think they will be in the playoffs and challenging for the playoffs. It's that, whoa, <laughs> I think Tommy Reese is just the coordinator that needs to get them close to the playoffs. One of yeah. these next two years. And also in one, there we go. Yeah. It's just like, way, if he doesn't get them there, yes, he won't be does. there very long. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, look at the, the past offensive coordinators there. They either get power five jobs, head coaches, or they're, uh, NFL coordinators, or sometimes they're NFL coordinators, and then they become NFL head coaches. You're talking about Loxley, Sarkeesian, Dayball, O'Brien, Kiffin. Like it's a wow, it's an assembly line of career development for OCs there. So I would say, you know, is is Reese going to be the next one off that assembly line? It's been a, it's been a minute since Saban has missed on an OC. I don't think he's going to miss on this one, but yeah, I'd say he's he's. Reese is probably there for two years. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Um, but if you, what I'm really interested in is him going down there where a place where winning a national championship is a birthright opposed to working at Notre Dame where it's an aspiration. Like, like if there's, if there's a Marshall game or a Stanford game down there, you get fired the next day. <laughs> like here, we're just like, well, you know, we're trying to, come up with reasons why it happened and they can improve and we can have a growth yeah. mindset, no growth mindset, Alabama, like you're out. That's it. It's over. Those are, they fired those are an OC in the playoffs one year. <laughs> he, he was asking for it though. He's always asking for it. Those, <laughs> those are all, those are all great points, Pete Sampson. And, and uh, when you like, when you list the offensive coordinators that moved on to bigger and better things, that's where it's, Really, really, uh, really impressive. Uh, and that's why Tommy Reese is a traitor. Really? Are you in, it's, it's his life. It's his career. It's his yeah. opportunity to coach with Nick Saban in Alabama. And he's certainly people took the uh, speech spent 40 last year. He spent 40% of his life affiliated with Notre Dame. I mean, <laughs> what you, good Lord. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a tough one. He was on staff twice as long as anybody else. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, where will he peak at Alabama in the next couple of years? I mean, is that, I mean, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do very, very well. I, 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 I mean, I think like Alabama it, will win a playoff game in the next two years. I'm going to go against math. Alabama will win a playoff game in the next two years, which is like a five 
Right. Like a seven, a seven is a seven and a half would be one national title. A 10 would be two in two years. Like that's yeah. the expectation down there. But again, that's why I give him credit, man. You take it on. He, t- he took Ooh, it on. I don't, I don't know challenge. that he got a, he, that, I mean, Notre Dame is insistent that the, the, the pay is the same, or at least they would, they would match or it's, it's around equal. I would imagine it's, a little I know it's around more. equal. Yeah. I, it, it may be a little bit more, you know, probably not enough that would sway Tommy Reese one way or another to go or stay. It's the opportunity to play. I mean, it's his career. God bless him. I mean, go for it. You, you just, the greatest coach in the history of college football or thereabouts just offered you the head, the, the OC job at, at Alabama. I, I go for it, man. I'm, I, yeah. I, I admire the fact that he has the confidence and balls to say, I, I hell yeah, I'm ready for this. That's why it's like, um, it's not a lateral move. I know people get sort of like, Oh, it's OC. Like it's, it's not a lateral move. There's nothing lateral about it. Other than the, the, the title of your job on the door. That's more, that's more ridiculous than saying that that's saying it's a lateral move. That's just dumb. That's just silly. Um, He should have gone to Georgia. If he wanted the easy way out, you see this, that schedule, George is going to be win every game by 30, except for the game. They win by 15 because they made a, made a bad game out of it. (laughs) Like this is insane. (laughs) (laughs) They barely beat Missouri. So they're going to win every game by 30 and beat some random team by four, but that's still going to happen. That's, well, they do need a new quarterback. Might need a new OC. They might not they need have. a new quarterback for this no. one. Yep. Uh, where are we at, Tim? We are on uh, pin and pull. What recruits might be affected or recruitment might be affected by Reese's departure? Are there any current offensive players that could benefit from a fresh start with the OC? So that's uh, two questions, really. I don't think I don't think recruiting is going to be altered. I, it's not going to be altered with CJ Carr. Uh, Current offensive players that could benefit from a fresh start. Maybe you have a better plan for Chris Tyree. Um, I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. that's a hard, I don't, I never got the feeling Reese. The better was, players play, so. Yeah, I don't think Reese was holding Merriweather back. Um, no. I mean, I think, Reece, the way I say that is, I think Reese really wanted Tobias Merriweather to be out there. I don't think there was anything about him not wanting Tobias Merriweather out there. Um I think the quarterback position will enjoy yeah. a fresh start um, across yes. the board. I mean, I realize Sam Hartman's probably like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, yeah, but I wouldn't include him. But I, you can uh, see Angeli Buckner. Um, you know, Minchie hasn't been here long enough. But I, I do think uh, Angeli and Buckner probably welcome a, a fresh voice in that room. I would agree with that, Pete. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I like, I don't think Reese has anything to do with Lorenzo Styles. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like he's holding guys back. I mean, Merriweather, Merriweather will develop. He just wasn't ready to roll out of the gate last year as a freshman. That's not, that's not unusual. You know, Alton Fisher screwed everything up for everybody, for freshmen. Because, you know, the expectation, especially when it's offensive linemen. Uh, but some guys just aren't ready, especially if you're not an early entry guy. Although not all early entries certainly emerge right away. Anyway, that's open-ended question from Penny Cowers from the offensive coordinator candidates list. Who, in your opinion, checks all the boxes that Nordham is looking for from a coaching scheme, ND personnel, personality fit standpoint, 
that you'd like to see be hired to take Notre Dame to that next step? I'm going to cede to Pete here because I want to say I have, I'm approaching it from logic again. It's really hard for me knowing that a great offensive coordinator hire will last two years. A great hire. Beyond, beyond two years, you mean? Yeah. Why would a great hire be gone? Pete just said he hasn't covered one for four. Mike Haywood like, wasn't a good offensive coordinator necessarily for Notre Dame compared to what you're looking to hire now in the modern <laughs> era. So you think the best offensive coordinator they could bring in is going to be here coaching CJ Carr's junior year? No, but if they hire a mediocre one, he's going to get fired. So Right. I, I guess my point is, I don't think you need to hit every box. I think the checking every box thing. It's that's First of all, that's impossible. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would prioritize here. I still go back to, I'm the only, I have the guy that has never said this in his life, that it's so important to bring in talent to coordinate. We can't say, look at Tommy Reese. We loved Tommy Reese's football IQ. Yet he didn't bring enough talent to coordinate. And that's when they lost to Marshall and scored 10 against Ohio State with six straight punts and lost to Stanford. So you needed more talent. I think recruiting is very important for the next offensive coordinator. Does he have well, to be well yeah. We've talked about good. He can't be bad. Good's not enough. I say good's not enough for the recruiting. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't think you can check every box, but like, hey, I I will list who two guys that I I think would be very good and like close to checking all the boxes. You guys can do the same. Like if the hair Joe, Joe Moorhead or Sean Lewis, I think those would be, that would kind of thread the needle on somebody who is not looking for a new job, not a climber, mm-hmm. uh, experienced play caller, understand what recruiting looks like at the highest level. Um, and I think Marcus Freeman can benefit from somebody who's been around the block a little bit more. Like, I don't think that hiring the next Tommy Reese would be my move here. If I was Marcus Freeman, um, I wouldn't hire an inexperienced play caller. So those two guys, I mean, you could throw Jason Candle in there too, but like Mm -hmm. those three guys, um, I think all would be excellent hires for Notre Dame. Guys that check the most boxes for me would be on again, going from Irish Illustrated's list of 12 would be Joe Moorhead, Andy Ludwig, Sean Lewis, Jason Candle, and Brian Johnson. Um, so the only one that in the NFL is Brian Johnson, but he's been successful at. Houston and Florida and Utah and he's now now uh, uh, coaching in the Super Bowl this coming weekend. So those would be the five guys that check the most boxes for Notre Dame, cultural fit, et cetera, for me. Yeah, I I love the I love the Ludwig notion. I don't know about his recruiting acumen. Other than that, Ludwig would be my choice. I think for Marcus Freeman as a second year coach to lean on someone and who might stay for three years, as Pete said, and isn't looking, he's not an absolute climber. No one stays for four or five years in offensive coordinator position at Notre Dame, because you need, you move on with two Lud- brighter futures. Lud- but Ludwig's 58. Yeah. That might make him a little bit more inclined to stay. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's what I, I was looking at as well. I, I, don't, I don't know about his recruiting ability. Cause Utah, I'm sure Utah does more with less than other places do. 
It's about yeah. doing more with more. He's been a coordinator for 20 years. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. And that's why, you know, you hesitate to say they should get this. They, I don't know all these guys, I, you know, in 24 hours, 48 hours, I don't know everything there is to know about these guys. Pete, you made a great point, And it goes back to our Mike Bray commentary. I said, I want Jay Wright from Hofstra to come to Notre Dame. Yes. I don't want, I don't want Tommy Reese to come to Notre, the next Tommy Reese to come to Notre Dame. You're right about that's how I feel. I think Notre Dame's basketball searches get the next up and comer for 10 years. Yeah. And Notre Long-term Dame's football play there. Yeah. That's not the search for Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. All right. Good question. A lot to cover there. Question from the Rick ND, given the list of potential candidates. Uh, what is most likely to happen? One, Notre Dame gets a better OC. Two, Notre Dame gets a, an OC just as good. Or three, Notre Dame has to settle for an OC that won't be as good. And again, I want to commend our subscribers for their questions today because I think they've been really good and across the board. And the best way to get your the best way to get your question read on Irish Illustrated Insider is to what? Set up an NIL deal and we will pay, you will pay us would, and we'll read it. <laughs> that would be one way, but being a subscriber to Irish Illustrated also helps your chances as well. Anyway, great question from the Rick ND. Hit it, guys. I say two, one, three. Just as good, most likely, better. And I don't think they'll settle for one who won't be as good. Uh, I would go with two, one, three, although it's going to be really like he's going to make a hire and there's going to be a lot of coverage about how this is an upgrade and we're not going to have any idea if it actually was <laughs> well for a year and if marcus freeman's overall recruiting continues to get better then the stats will be better and we will say oh he's a better I, offensive coordinator than tommy reese was we are go- it's we're, i'd say the answer is two but at the end of the next season we're all going to think the answer is one but it's going to have more to do with sam hartman than whoever got hired yeah. I mean, I don't look, I could Notre Dame get a, a, a offense coordinator better than Tommy Reese. Sure. I, I don't, I don't discount that. I mean, I didn't say Tommy Reese walked on water. I just didn't agree with some of the, what, what became outrageous criticism at times from a play calling standpoint, that, that was, that was always my, my point about that. But I mean, I'm, you know, I would say two, one, three as well. Um, but I don't see why Nordame's coordinating and play calling and coupled with the talent we think that they will have under Marcus Freeman could produce better results. I, I don't, I, in fact, I think we should probably expect that to happen. I definitely expect Nordame to have a better offense next year. And I think Pete does too, but he's pointing out, will they have a better offense the following year? I mean, I'm saying well, over the long haul, but then you're going to counter nobody stays longer than, yeah. In a couple of years, it's hard to answer all these questions with it. Here's what I would say. I, they need whoever they hire will be better than Reese in the sense, like they will not have these Stanford or Marshall games happen to them. Stanford in particular, which like Reese, if you got him in a private moment, would be like, I screwed that up. Like half a Navy. Uh, that was not good, but I'd say like Stanford was like borderline unforgivable. Like, yeah. That went down with like Michigan in 2019 or Miami. Yeah. In tw- like, what was that? Um, Marshall, Marshall, you're getting beaten in the trenches, whether yeah. you should have been or not, you were getting beaten in the trenches. And so it became a very difficult game for them to win. I don't know what Stanford, 
that should not have happened. No, Navy, they scored 35 points. Both halves matter. They scored 35 points yeah. against Navy. They yeah, did not do no, that against Stanford. But, but, you know, a, a great, great coordinator mitigates some of what's going, you know, Navy threw, I mean, you know, the proverbial kitchen sink at them and, and they couldn't come up with now. Part of that's on the quarterback. Part of that's on the, remember, we were talking about running back blocking. There were several factors involved there, but ultimately it falls on the shoulders of the, the offensive coordinator, of course. Final question is from Rye Guy, 0917. While I know Reese has high coaching aspirations and the NFL might be the ultimate for him, over under 6.5 years on Reese coming back as head coach at Notre Dame. And I don't want to even begin talking about this with the math at 6.5 years. So how about this? Will Tommy Reese be a head coach at Notre Dame? I don't think so. No. No, um, but I will say leaving makes it more likely that he would. I and I would, very good if you point. have to throw math in here, you better go twelve point five years to fifteen point five years. The dude's thirty years old. There's a there's a pretty long game. Reese could be the guy that replaces Freeman. Or no, no I think I Reese meant, will the yeah, other way. The guy who re- replaces a guy who replaced Freeman. That's what I meant to say. That's what I think too. After an NFL career, he would have to yeah. think at age forty eight. He ever listens to this. Uh, he's 30 now. <laughs> he's 48. Do I want to go reinvent myself in college? Is how long of an NFL career I think he'll have as a position coach or coordinator position. Won't be coach covering that coaching search. <laughs> <laughs> so why won't he be the head coach at Notre Dame? Because he will be a head coach in the NFL. I think he's more likely to be a head coach in the NFL than I'm not even sure about that. I was just saying, like, you have one job at Notre Dame versus <laughs> Every other job in football, like I'll take the field on that one. Good point. Good point. I would say, okay, let's throw the field in. I think he's going to be in the NFL a lot longer than he'll ever be a college head coach. In any, you mean in any capacity he'll be in any in the capa- NFL? a college head football coach versus any capacity in the NFL? He'll be in the NFL longer than he is a college head football coach. Yeah, I, I think he's an NFL guy. Ultimately, I think that that's what he wants. Look, recruiting. Ugh. Yeah, you know, I loved coaching. If I would have had to recruit in in high, oh my god, I, I <laughs> and I know like people talk about coaches with such disdain because they're not good recruiters. Do you think recruiting is? I mean, recruiting is is unsavory. It's it's an act. It's a performance. It's an ass kicking, ass kissing job that I think is. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it on this scale, uh, on this scale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could, could Jim Beheim doesn't want to do it either. You, you heard about that recently? Like, yeah. could I recruit as a Nordic baseball coach, a lesser sport? That would be different. That would be different. Not that that's not competitive, but the level of, of demonstrating and acting and, and the, I it I don't like it. I I wouldn't I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be fit for it. And I don't know, I don't know how guys do it. Quite frankly, I'm just trying to get third graders to come out to play basketball. See, imagine. I can't get them to come out from other schools. Like just the the school where my kid is. <laughs> how about you, O'Malley? How's your recruiting prowess? <laughs> yeah, no, that would not go well for me. That would be a problem for you. Like I do the old uh, the Spurrier approach. So you coming? Got a lot of good players here, and you could help us out a lot. Nope. Well, what's wrong with you? Okay, bye. See ya. I don't care anymore. I I would not I would not take rejection well. I'd yell stupid things like, "Well, it was good enough for Stonebreaker, so what the hell's your problem?" or something like that. And it would not they would not take to me. It would be it would be poor. Although 
I do think there's another avenue that might be able to help recruiting these days. The recruitment of players can be enticed. Not before they get to campus. Heaven forbid anybody gets any money for that. But the second they get on campus, I got a lot of money for them. Um, not to well. promote something on another site other than Irish Illustrated, but if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, there we have a story, incredible detail on Jalen Rashada's NIL deal. I was looking at it that, yeah. blew my mind. Um, so I would encourage Irish Illustrated readers to, to read it and think about like how does Notre Dame fit in this new world of college recruiting. Uh, do we want to pr- predict the Super Bowl and then move on down the road here? What's the line, Tim? One and a half as of last night I saw. I took Eagles my first look at one it. Half point yeah. favorite? Eagles are one and a half point favorite. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, we're in a, I live in a Patrick Mahomes house, um, yeah. so I got to go with the Chiefs to cover. I am going to take the Chiefs as well. I am really torn on that game. Really torn. I'm, 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 I, I'm kind of, I've kind of bought into. Did you hear Julian Love talking about Nick Sirianni? Yeah, and- yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do I go with the 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 team that Julian Love thinks has the superior talent, or do I go with the one that might be a little bit more inclined to outcoach some of that talent? I got to tell you, if this was Andy Reid without a Super Bowl versus Philly without a Super Bowl since he left, this would be a massive massive situation going on right now for philly fans as opposed to we're really proud of andy reed for getting a super bowl because we already got ours <laughs> so they don't care as much in that realm but i totally be, forgot about that part of the yeah. game um i would it's a coin toss for me i would i would go with the chiefs i find that really hard and uh since i usually pick my games on the the uh, day before a game it's way before that i don't have a prediction Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown. That's a good one, right? He's going to have to score a touchdown. A touchdown is absolutely one of my bets. Yes. Yes. 100% on that one. And then Travis Kelsey because he rolls out of bed and scores a touchdown. So that also works out for him. That's my my bet so far in the uh, Super Bowl this weekend. Super Bowl 57? Is that right? I remember them all. How about you guys? Starting with number magical 16, right? Remember uh, John Taylor catching a touchdown against the Broncos? There you go. Let's keep this 49ers theme going here. This is good. Bengals, you got it. I I feel, yeah, I'm just ashamed to say that I I grew up a 49ers fan only because, like, it pales in comparison to O'Malley, so I don't even count myself as a 49ers Hey, you brought up John Taylor on a podcast. That's all that matters. All right, thank you. All right, we're back next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. Is that correct, guys? That is correct. Tuesday on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Thanks for joining us. This has been Irish Illustrated Insight. Here's another Irish tale from Do Dublin at dodublin.ie. Have you ever felt uneasy signing a lease for a house or a car? You'll know a little how Arthur Guinness felt when in 1759 he signed a 9,000-year lease for the St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. He was a shrewd businessman, of course, because over 250 years later, the annual payment remains just £45. Want to find out more? Be sure you do Dublin with Do Dublin Tours.